Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 483 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking with Jessica, and Jessica has the meats. Today's guest is an adult who's been living with type 1 diabetes for quite some time, and I have to be honest with you, I just want to say that this is her very interesting story. Like, I could tell you a little bit about it, but I don't want to. You have to listen if you want to know. I I just don't like the idea, I guess, of me offering cliff notes before the podcast. It's like, hey, in this episode, you're going to hear about this and this and this. Like, you don't trust me by now? Just listen. I'm not going to give you crap. You need a promise it's going to be good? It's called Jessica No Longer Has the Meats. Done, right? done. Get in there. While you're listening to the Juicebox podcast, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. And I just would like to say one other thing. If you have the opportunity or the desire or the need, please support the sponsors that support the show. Okay, let's play a game. You guess who the sponsors are. Ready? Think of it. Now find out if you're right. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump, the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and TouchedByType1.org. Now it's possible you can get a free, a free trial. How long? 30 days of the Omnipod Dash. And to find out if that's going to work out for you, right? Because not everybody's eligible, but a lot of you are. Check out Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And to get started today with the, let's just say it's the best thing ever. The Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Or to find out more about it, you can go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And let me finish this up by saying that touchedbytype1.org is it's just a landing space on the internet where you're going to feel good. You're just going to get there and you're going to be like, wow, look at all these people doing really cool stuff for people living with type one. Touchedbytype1.org, where you can find them on Facebook or Instagram. My name's Jessica. I'm 32 years old, been a diabetic for, what, nine years now? And still trying to figure it out. That makes sense to me perfectly. <laughs> because something happens every day that you think, well, that was new. <laughs> like a- it's, I, I don't know. I still kind of beat myself up for not realizing how many things were out in the world. And then I'm like, you know, things that you learn every single day, that's how you get through life, right? You figure it out eventually. Yeah. It, it, I understand your meaning, though. Like once you see a bigger thing, there is um, almost unavoidable feeling that you should have found it sooner. And then you start yeah. and then you start going over what you've lost by not finding it sooner, but that's not how, that's not how things work. So now they always say it's the last place you look. So <laughs> I thought that was about your keys. You mean, that's everything. <laughs> I mean, I guess to be fair, I continued looking and found more and more and more because I'm a curious individual, but <laughs> well, and that's a good point actually, because there are plenty of people who hit those roadblocks once, twice, a dozen times. And then just are like, well, obviously this, 
there's no answer here and they stop. And that's that's terrible. That's basically what happened to me when I was looking for some sort of reasoning to like figure out diabetes is I just kept looking and then I kind of gave up. I was like, all right, it just doesn't exist. I'm just going to have to wait for technology to advance. That's all there is to it. And was was that your idea that one day the magic machine will just come along and do all the things you didn't understand? There is a lot of, so mostly surrounding like blood sugars for a long time, my doctors would basically look at me and be like, I don't get what you don't get. And I'm like, well, if I hear someone say, oh yeah, I saw a spike. They're obviously looking at something that's much more in depth or they're stabbing themselves in the figure 50 times a day. (laughs) Like data points just don't come from nowhere. And that was one of the things that I struggled with. And finally I was like, you know, this is exhausting. I spend my days on Google trying to find stuff and just get more and more confused. So I was like, okay. I'd like to know more about that. So tell me how old you were when you were, <laughs> seriously, how old were you when you were diagnosed? Um, I was 22. Okay. I think I was, it was in 2011, November, 2011. Done college, so, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had just moved to where I live now in Columbia and I just started college. I was in my second semester and was running around and figuring everything out, trying to finish up a bachelor's degree. And one weekend I work at the local warehouse and I was throwing some stuff around and I was like, man, I have to go to the bathroom for the 15th time. And I've chugged like seven liters of water today. It could be diabetes. And my dad had been diagnosed with type two, like maybe eight months before that. And my mom was super on my case about, you know, warning signs. And I was like, ma, just chill. It's fine. If it happens, it happens. It's no big deal. Wait, and wait, then, wait, wait. Hold on. Slow down a second. So your dad got type two. That made your mom think you were going to get type two? That was kind of the initial thought. Yeah. She was, it was more like she was on alert. Like her mind knew what the di- what the symptoms looked like. So now she was like, oh my gosh, these are the things I have to look for in everyone. And especially for me and my brother, she was like, wait, you're drinking a lot of water. Are you feeling okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like whatever. Her neuroses neuroses (laughs) must've been thrilled because like, you know, you know what I mean? Like that, 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 that center of your brain that rewards you, that reward center. She must've been like, I knew I'd find more things if I was diligent enough. (laughs) I wonder how, I wonder after your diagnosis, how how much longer she was like, I wonder what else I could figure out. Well, what was funny is I, it was like a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, it was over the weekend and I had called into work cause I, I couldn't even stand in the shower. Like I was so weak that taking a shower was sitting on the bottom of the uh, tub and just like letting the water spray on me. And then I would stand up and like crawl out of the bathtub and get dressed to go to work. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. And I haven't sat in a tub since I was a child. That's what, by the way, it wasn't the um, the lack of your body control that I was upset by. I was the sitting in the tub part. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's where everyone stands, though. <laughs> anyway. It was, it was one of those deals where, like, I was throwing boxes that were sixty pounds, and I was struggling to pick up a box that was like seven pounds. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna give in. Something's wrong. This is more than just me being super tired because I was slamming energy drinks like a kid in a candy store like nothing was happening I, yeah and i was like God, this isn't doing anything all these people run around like they're 
freaking doing drugs after they drink one of these. And I'm over here like, I don't feel any different. <laughs> I'm not getting the cocaine kick out of this energy drink that everyone yeah. else gets. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I got cheated in life. Apparently I'm immune to this stuff. So, okay. So you go and you get diagnosed. How does, I mean, just go to a doctor's office, I guess, and be like, hey, something's wrong. I kind of tricked my way into a doctor's office. Um, <laughs> I had just moved up here, so I didn't have a doctor at all. I, I hadn't been to second. see a doctor ever. Give me one second. Could you? You said you're here in Colombia. I'm not sure if you're in a South American country, if you're in if you're in South Carolina or. Oh, Missouri. Uh, Sorry, okay, Mizzou. Well, I, I hadn't even gotten to all of them. I think there's a Colombia in Ohio. Um, there's, I just like, and I started realizing I didn't. I'm like, I don't know where you're at, but okay, we're in Missouri. Yep. And, and, and I'm sorry, I don't know why that's important <laughs> to me, but it is. So keep going. But yeah, I, uh, I called a doctor's office that was someone that I worked with who was pregnant and they're like, oh, this is a great doctor. And I was like, sure, why not? So I called them and they're like, are you an existing patient? And I was like, yeah, because she wasn't seeing new patients. <laughs> and so I got an appointment because the person working the front desk uh, didn't know very much. And I walked in and I was like, hey, I think I'm diabetic. I haven't been able to eat anything for two days. And uh, I don't really have the ability to like do much. And she was like, okay, we'll, we'll do a urine test. And she walked back in the room and she goes, all right, here's your prescription for insulin. And I was like, that's all? <laughs> Wait, that was it? <laughs> yeah. You didn't even get a like, oh, guess what? You do have diabetes. That's crazy. Yeah. You, nothing? No, she just handed me the prescription and I was like, okay, so what about right now? Cause I kind of feel really bad and don't have any energy. And she goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. Go over to the ER. They should be able to help you. And so she directed me to the ER, which was literally all the way across town from, from where her office was. Okay. And I almost got in like three car wrecks going there was on the phone with my mom who was standing next to someone who is a, t a type one diabetic at her work like basically freaking her out by going, she's going into a coma. <laughs> and Wait. so through all of that, I finally get there and they put me in a room, hooked me up to an IV and I passed out. Like I just took a nap for like four hours. Hmm. Hey, there are other cars to hit in Missouri. <laughs> a couple. That's all I heard was that, wow, you almost had a number of accidents. Like what would you, what were you going to hit? Like, what is there? It was I've never been to Missouri, but. Or, you know, There's, it's a college town. So there are lots of young college drivers that have better things to do than drive. Yeah, see, you have an answer and you just ruined my stupidity. I was just being stupid. But <laughs> I know, uh, but no. if you've ever, if you ever come to Missouri, you should enjoy the college drivers that are in college towns. Yeah. Listen, I've driven in Manhattan and Los Angeles. And if Missouri is taxing for me, I'm giving up. I'm just telling you right now. I uh, I will think that my skills have diminished and I'm too old to be uh, in the game anymore. Uh, you Have you ever been to, have you ever driven like through the heart of Manhattan? No. Um, I went, so I went to Chicago and I've been down to the like 14,000 ga pump gas station in Texas. And <laughs> both of those were like, okay. So that's I'm, big. I'm forever <laughs> reminded of my my brother coming home with his wife uh, for the first time from Wisconsin, and they landed at the Newark airport, and uh, I picked them up, and we were driving through the parking lot, and there's like a, I don't know, there's a, a hotel in the parking lot that's got to be maybe 10 or 12 stories high, and she just goes, that's the tallest building I've ever seen, and I was like, <laughs> you're in for a... Uh, 
hell of a shock when we get out on the highway and you can see Manhattan, just so you know. <laughs> I think, and then we were out there in traffic, you know, on the New Jersey Turnpike, and she's just like huddled in the back seat covering her head because I mean, there were more cars than she'd ever seen at one time. We were we were all going like 85 miles an hour. There, you know, there's lanes and lanes and lanes of traffic, and it was just so much sensory overload. Looking back, we should have given her a, a tranquilizer before we put her in the car. <laughs> It was like it was like taking a puppy and showing it like a thousand other puppies. It was just, it was just like ah. It's, I think I was ten the first time I went out to California, and we hopped in my cousin's like giant jacked up truck and got on. Um, I think it was five, the main highway that runs through like San Diego. And I remember sitting in the back seat, just like uh, I know we're bigger than these people, but they could still hit us. Yeah. Seems, Why are we going 300 miles per hour? Seems poorly. <laughs> Everyone who's got something like that going on, the people of Atlanta right now are like, oh my God, they, they, they live with like nine lane racetracks down there yeah. it's, and uh, it's all fascinating. But anyway, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, doctor's office, uh, hospital, pass out, wake up four hours later and mom's there, I imagine by now. So mom and dad live three hours from where I am and they, um, my mom had called every hospital in Columbia and every doctor's office in Columbia trying to find me because my phone died in the middle of all this. So the nurse like politely wakes me up and goes, honey, your mom is um, calling. Can you please call her back? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So mom got a little aggressive with the nurse because the nurse wouldn't tell her if I was there or not due to HIPAA. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I called her back and I think the conversation basically went, yeah, I'm in the hospital. I don't know what they're doing. Okay. Love you. Bye. And I just hung up. Wow. And so they, ended, they got to Columbia as soon as they could. And I ended up in the ICU for a week and learned lots of things about being in a hospital. Cause that was the first time I'd ever been checked into a hospital really? um, it was the first time you've ever been checked in a hospital when you're 22 has it, it's not the first time you ever saw a hospital though right no no i mean i, I grew up in springfield missouri so oh you're very there i was yeah, yeah i was like six blocks away from one of the bigger hospitals there but there's lots of um i don't know me and my brother have never really broken bones we've always like scuffed ourselves up but we've never done anything so bad as that yeah, um that's pretty lucky by the way just never dropped the <laughs> knife and caught it on the wrong side or you know something nothing no everyone else always did that i always got to watch their pain <laughs> oh wait i take that back i did have stitches but i don't remember because i wasn't old enough to like recollect getting them have you said anything true in the last 15 minutes what are we doing here? i didn't really <laughs> when i was a kid i was on a rock or i jumped onto a rocking horse and the ears of the rocking horse hit my forehead and cut my forehead open because i wanted to be like the cowboys in the westerns that my dad used to watch and jump on a horse so uh, i get such an image of that of you hitting that little rocking horse in the head coming back and slapping you while you're while your weight is still <laughs> moving forward <laughs> much and i was jumped off my brother's bed like we were in his room and he was just like uh <laughs> But and I like I remember wanting to jump onto the horse, but I don't remember anything after that. Gotcha. So okay, but, so so we what well let's get out of the hospital. So you <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I want to find out about the rest of it. So blah blah blah. They bring your blood sugar down. They start telling you, you have diabetes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You get home. What do you have to manage with when you get home? Um, 
let's see. They gave me, so they showed me how to use an insulin pin in this like little dummy silly putty thing. And then they sent me to, I think it was a prescription with the needles and the 7030. I don't remember what blood meter I had or glucose meter I had though. I want to say it was just a like rely on or something like that. And it was basically take this, this many units of 7030 twice a day and test your blood sugar like four times a day. So when you wake up after you eat breakfast, after you eat lunch, after you eat dinner and before you go to bed. Did they have you eating at certain times, certain amounts of carbs? No, no. they like, I remember driving home cause that it was the week before Thanksgiving. So I went home for Thanksgiving break break after that. And I remember stopping at Sonic and eating my first hamburger without a bun. <laughs> Because I was so paranoid of eating carbs. That 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 uh that resonates with me actually. The um the being being afraid once you know that something can make your blood sugar go up, um, like just avoiding it because you're like, oh, don't eat that. That's uh that's not the right way to eat Sonic, that's for sure. Well that's I remember the first like probably three months, because I think it was every three months that I had to go to the doctor then. And my A1C was like in the fives after that, because I was literally eating no food. I was just eating like chicken and green beans every day. <laughs> did the doctor know that's how you were achieving the five or did you not tell them that part? Uh, at the time I was seeing a general practice doctor and she was the one that just handed me the paperwork and said, here's your insulin. So yeah. she was like, Oh yeah, it's almost like you're not diabetic. And then dismissed me out of her room. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. That sounds great. Well, and so how long do you live like that? It was, let's see, from November to, I had my first doctor's appointment. And then it was almost immediately after that, she sent me to a diabetes um, education thing. Mm -hmm. And so I went into a classroom with <clears throat> almost exclusively type 2 diabetics, which was really confusing for me. And one of the... Um, people that was leading it actually figured out that I shouldn't be on 7030 because I handed her my journal, like our little food journal, my blood sugar journal. And she goes, you had a 29 blood sugar at three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, yeah, that happens all the time. That's how I get this great A1C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it was really amusing because I woke up the next morning and I had chocolate excuse me, chocolate covered ramen noodles in my kitchen was like, how'd that happen? <laughs> so, so they're just over medicating you with insulin and yeah. you're getting low. You're probably getting super high at other times. And don't, were you aware of spikes or no? I could feel like I felt funky, but I didn't know enough to like associate it. So like I would test my blood sugar. It would be, you know, in range, so to speak, because at the time they wanted my range between like 70 and like 180. Mm -hmm. So as long as it fell between those two, I was like, okay, cool. I'm doing great. And then I would wait until the next time I was supposed to check my sugar. And that was that. Wow. And it was. <laughs> Tell me again. That was 2000. 2011. 11. That's 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we got to like, do we do, I was going to make a joke about Missouri, but I won't because people listen there and I don't want to insult them. But I was thinking we'd be like deduct another like we had another 15 years of to that for the I, anyway. Um, it's frightening, <laughs> by the way, because 10 years ago, 
you should not have been given that insulin or that lack of instruction or lumped in with a bunch of type twos and been like, Hey, diabetes is just a word. So get in there. Um, how long do you, so, so they get you off the 70, 30 and they put you on what? So they put me on a Pedra and what was, I had it all written down and now I'm like, I don't remember where I put Lantis, it. Lantis, Levamir? Yes. Lantis, a Pedra okay. and Lantis. Right. And so I took that for a very long time. It was like three or four years, something like that. Mm-hmm. No one, still no one explained to me like how the sliding scale works. They just handed me a piece of paper with uh, like a form on it that had some calculations that I was supposed to like fill in the boxes to figure out how much insulin to take. Yeah. And I may be math minded, but that got real old real fast. So I kind of just resulted to, huh. 10 units usually works. Let's go with that. (laughs) So my standard dose for pretty much every meal was just the same, like between five and 10 units. And that was just, that was it. Like I didn't go higher or lower until I noticed that like, if I tested my sugar or I felt funny, then I'd adjust it. But they never really explained to me anything other than like, here's your, your sugar. This is what it does. So go eat food and have fun. I think this is much more common than I'd like to believe it is or that the, you know, immediate bubble around me, you know, meaning the people who end up listening to the podcast believe it is like there's this, you know, it's almost like anything else in the world, right? Like there are people who are lucky enough to have access to, you know, technology or better education or doctors who are more thoughtful about how they talk about things or even, you know, finding a podcast means you own a cell phone. It means you like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of ways that you could be precluded from getting to information, but I don't think, I mean, if there's, I don't know what the the number is now, it's something like 1.6 million people in the United States have type one diabetes. I forget what the number is. It goes up a number of hundreds of thousands every year, but I I think that most people get substandard direction around this and it, it it's shocking as you're saying it. And at the same time, I'm not surprised by what you're saying. Um, can you talk a little bit about how it impacted your life during that time? Sorry. Uh, The Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor is, in fact, the greatest thing in the world. That's it. Like, I know you're thinking, like, Scott, isn't, like, water important and air? Yeah, I mean, it is. But what fun is breathing if you don't know the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar? I've picked up my phone. I've swiped up upon it. I'm opening the Dexcom G6 application and to learn what? What have I learned? Arden's blood sugar is 109, and it is stable. It is neither going up or going down. But if it was, I would know. I would know what direction her blood sugar was moving and how quickly it was moving in that direction, not just the number. The number's nice, but the other information, it's what makes the difference. Later, you can go back and see graphs over three hours, six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, and really begin to get a feeling for what's happening. We ate here, and there was a spike I wonder if uh, a little more of a pre-bolus might not fix this. These kinds of things become evident when you can see the data. 
that the Dexcom G6 provides. It's also got a ton of safety features for you, like it'll alarm wherever you want it to. My, uh, my phone goes off at uh, 70 and 120. You could choose 85 if you want it and be like, oh, I want to know when I'm getting down to 85. And it'll say, uh, beep, beep, beep. And you'll be like, oh, hello. And then you know, and you can do something before a problem arises. Same thing with highs. And not only that, but up to 10 people can follow on an iPhone or an Android device. 10 people. That could be you, a school nurse, your spouse, your sister, just somebody that wants to help. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Do yourself a favor. Get there today. While you're out and about on the internets and the webs, go to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box because you don't need to give yourself shots every day. And wouldn't it be nice to do an extended bolus for pizza or Chinese food, stuff like that? Uh, yes, it would. But wouldn't it also be nice, even nicer, in fact, to not do those things with a tubed pump? Right? You understand that most pumps have tubing that go back to a controller, and you got to clip that on your belt or your bra or something, and then you have an infusion set. But the Omnipod is all in one. It's got this little tiny wireless tubeless design. It's amazing. You know, it's probably could be difficult for you to picture. So why why try? Instead, go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And you have two options when you get there. You can see if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. That's crazy. Or you can ask for a free no obligation demo pod. It's just one non-working pod that you can wear to see what you think. So you can start slow with the demo pod if you want, or just jump right in and get that free trial if you're eligible. It's up to you. Choice is important. Omnipod knows that. And so they'd like to give you a choice. They don't want to make you lock into something before you know if you're comfortable. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. And when you get to those links, you know what you're going to see? You're also going to see a link to touchedbytype1.org. It's an amazing organization doing amazing things for amazing people who have type 1 diabetes. Click on the link and be amazed. Was that too much? It felt good in the moment. And I was like, oh, so many amazings. Like it felt like I was like, oh, this is fun. But now I'm not sure. Mm, I'm going to leave it. I was super frustrated. I am a research person i'm like math minded so i want to see numbers i want to see the reasons why like i probably asked why more times than my dad loved (laughs) he always used to tell me like you're thinking about it too hard and i'm like no i need to understand it before i can actually like go through with it so not understanding what i was supposed to be doing it was just complete frustration to the point that I just started ignoring it. Like I completely, I would take insulin. I would eat to a reasonable effect. Like I would be aware of what it was doing, but to the degree that I look at it now, not even close, like not even 10% of the amount of information that I have now, I would search on Google for hours, just trying to find stuff. And it was mostly that my searches weren't, good like i would put in just diabetes and just scroll through pages of results 
and everything that I would get would be, you know, science journals and stuff like that. I didn't know what a CGM was or what it was called. So anytime I tried to search for anything around that, I couldn't find anything. Um, I was told that insulin pumps were for people that were just really bad at managing their diabetes. So anytime someone said anything about an insulin pump to me, I immediately shied away and was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll get better. Oh, oh, I didn't. Well, that's interesting. I I don't disbelieve that, but I don't think anybody's ever said that before. The idea of an insulin pump was if you're failing, you use an insulin pump. It was basically presented to me like it was, if you can't take control of MDI, then they put you on an insulin pump because you're just having too much trouble with MDI. And so I remember actually like vividly remember being in an Arby's where it was like a little Arby's gas station unit. And I remember seeing someone with an insulin pump. And my first thought was, oh, man, I feel really bad for that person because their diabetes must be really bad. You didn't feel bad for both of you for being in an Arby's that was connected to a gas station? (laughs) Well, I will say their curly fries were really good. (laughs) What is the the tagline of Arby's? We've got the what? I don't, I can't even tell you anymore. I haven't eaten an Arby's in years. Like there's two that are semi close to me, but they're such far ends of the town that I probably haven't driven by them in a month or so. It's we have the meats. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, I don't even listen to ads anymore. So here's the frightening way I know that I taped. Oh my gosh, I opened up a browser. I typed A R B, Arby's.com <laughs> popped up. I want to promise you a website I've never been to before in my entire life. <laughs> and the like, you know how the um, URL like you can write like a message in it. It says Arby's. We have the meats, and it's a registered <laughs> phrase. <laughs> They must be super proud of it. Um, After you said that, I definitely had the jingle like in my head. And I was like, yep, that's it. I'm now starting to notice it. Wow, there's a lot of stuff. But I'll tell you, they do a good job of taking pictures of this food. It looks like food. <laughs> it's like Arby's is not a bad food. It's I. They used to have a, a BLT that I absolutely loved. I, I think, think they stopped making it. Really that, or I haven't been there in while. <laughs> I, I, I believe you're confusing how things taste with how good they are for you when you said I don't think they have bad food. <laughs> Each slice of turkey is exactly the same thickness, which is a problem for me. Um, <laughs> because I will go ahead. I will say that my tastes have advanced since I uh, good for you. finally figured out, you know, food stuff. <laughs> good for you. Okay, so you're in the Arby's ignorant of the fact that you should be scared for yourself and instead you're scared for someone else uh, because they had a pump on. So, oh my gosh, they must be doing terribly. And does that then give you a false feeling of I'm doing great because I don't have a pump? No, it, and I used to kind of have like this permanent, like petrified feeling of every time I would go to the doctor, I'd almost hide my meter and just be like, oh, I forgot it today because I didn't want to be judged and be told that I was doing bad. And like, I knew I was doing bad. I knew that I wasn't doing the things that I should have been doing, but I always had that, like, it's okay, I can fix it. And, like, I had that, like, inner desire to just find a way to fix it. And that's why I would constantly be on Google trying to find something, like, just some piece of information that would tell me something more than what I already knew that would make it easier to do whatever it was I needed to do. So let me ask you the belief that you could fix it was baseless though, right? It's not like you, it's not like you had 
how do I put this? It's not like you had a toolbox and in the toolbox was a hammer and a, and a screwdriver and some pliers and some electrical tape. And you looked at an outlet in your wall that needed to be changed. You've never changed an outlet before, but you said to yourself, I think I could do this. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like I have the stuff and I know what I have to do. I have to take that out and put another one in. I'll just figure out how to turn off the electricity and I'll take the wires off and match them back up and put them back on, which is how everyone, by the way, changes their first socket. Um, hopefully except for my father who didn't think that it was important to shut electricity off while he was working on it. Uh, but he was just a, you know, one of those badass guys from another time. It's just like, how do I find it off? This is hot. You just touch it real quick. I'm like, no, yeah. stop. Batteries on the tongue. That's no. how you do things. Uh, he didn't put a wire on his tongue, but he would reach out. He used his fingers as an electrical tester. He's like, oh, that, that's live. I'm like, holy God, man, what's wrong with you? And, but, but, but nevertheless, like you didn't, my point is you didn't have the tools or the knowledge or even understand the parts you had to move around. You just had the feeling of, I'm going to figure this out. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. The only thing, like I remember reading, um, like people would, you know, have blogs and stuff on the internet and I would read like the comments and they'd be like, man, my, my spike or my graph for like a bolus and a basil. And I'm like, what do all these words mean? And I would, <laughs> you can't Google the word diabetes graph, by the way, in 2011 and figure anything out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing that comes up is just a graph and a person with diabetes. Yeah. And you're like, hey, that's all right. That is a graph. And that is a guy with diabetes. I have properly Googled diabetes graph. Now, what do I do with this information? And I don't know. And then you're done and, again. It, it, yeah. it, it's that thing we talk about sometimes about knowing that there's something that exists beyond your understanding, but having no meaningful way of getting beyond your understanding. And that's like, I, I had even worn a CGM for the diabetes education class, but the way that they presented it to me was they were like, Oh, this is the doctors. And that was all they would tell me. It was, a, it's just a doctor tool. Like a diagnostic uh, tool that you no different than if you went in and they put a pulse ox on you, you don't get to leave with your pulse ox. They take it off yeah. and gotcha. Yeah. And for that week, I actually, I intentionally ate bad food. Like I remember going to McDonald's and it was the first time that I got to McDonald's in like four months. And I was like, this is the best hamburger ever. And I was, I just like enjoyed every bite of it. And it popped up on the CGM graph and they were like, what was this? I was like, that was a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay. And I'm like, Hey, I haven't been eating carbs for like four months. That cheeseburger was the best thing that happened to me in my small budget that day. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, okay. All right. So how do you, what's the first leap? that gets you to a greater understanding? So I switched from the general practice doctor to an endocrinologist because the general practice doctor basically said, I don't know what I'm doing. Go see this person. Um, so I went and saw her. She's an amazing doctor. And she was like, hey, there's this new technology out. It's called a Libre. It literally just came out. I think it would work really well for you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. And so I immediately hopped on um, Google, started researching, and of course I found out that Libre is, you know, a flash glucose monitor, not a continuous. Mm -hmm. So I got the Libre and had it. See, that was 2018. I think I got it in, I think uh, June, May. No, it was it was right at the end of June. Wow, you live seven years like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
No, seriously. That you just made me sad, damn it. Uh, you know, because like, listen, here, here's the weird thing we talked about at the beginning and you're not, I told you not to feel bad about it. And then it happened. And I was like, God damn, I feel bad about that. Uh, because if you and I would have bumped into each other at Arby's and you would have said to me, oh, your daughter's wearing an insulin pump. Like I, in four minutes, I could have like set your brain right about how to like what you wanted to do. You know what I mean? That's yeah. I feel- well, and there's a lot of like parts of me where I'm just like, man, if I would have searched this phrase instead of this phrase, I would have found a whole plethora of information. Wow. I just didn't know the terms and I didn't know the the right words to plug in to get to it. So, yeah. and then for probably the two years before my doctor suggested the Libre, I had given up. Like, I don't think I Googled a single thing outside of like things to carry your diabetes stuff in. Like I just gave up on, I was like, this is the way it is. Technology will get there one day. And little did I know technology was already there. (laughs) Yeah. What you needed to do was find a doctor who understood things better or a podcast or I mean, anything like that. Seriously, it's ridiculous. But so you understand that as I asked the questions, I'm a bit incredulous because I know what I know, okay? And it turns out that what I know about diabetes is fairly significant over what you knew about it. Uh, you know, even at the same times, right? I didn't have a blo- I didn't have a podcast in 2011, but I had the knowledge. And, you know, so I'm thinking of a new person right now who is, you know, the next Jessica um who's being diagnosed right now. And I, it's hard for me, I have to, it's not hard to do, but I have to physically stop myself and do it to remember that my understanding of all this is not equal to most people's understanding of it. And, and that you could get lost in what the, for the lack of a better term, the system and all of a sudden just think, well, look, there's my meter. I need a bag to put it in. I take this insulin here. I count the carb. I do this. I hide my meter because I don't want the guy to know I'm doing bad because I am doing bad. I feel bad about doing badly. Um, I'm getting some bad information from people about what technology is, et cetera, et cetera. And then before you know it, you are so far down that rabbit hole. There's no way out. You, you're never, and most people don't dig their way back out of it. And I'm, I'm maintaining that your story is incredibly common. And that's, there is actually people that I worked with that were the same way. And when I found the Libre, like when she gave me the Libre, I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, like it's a thing and it shows you things. It's magic. I hold it to the disc and it tells me a number. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I remember, so prior to that, there is twice that my now husband had to wake me up with an ambulance because my sugar got so low in the night. And I remember the first time that him and I like sat down and had a discussion about having the Libre and you could just see like the relief on his face because going to bed every night was just, I don't want to say horrible, but like it was so stressful for him. It was anxiety. Do you think because, because he didn't want to have to go through finding another girl and starting all over again if something <laughs> happened? Like, I can't do this. He's twice. like, I already got yeah. some time invested in yeah. this one. Like, you know how this girl likes it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to yeah. do it again. <laughs> well, and what's funny is we, him and I started dating in the January after I was diagnosed. So our relationship is like literally the entirety of me being diabetic. <laughs> oh, so it was a break for him as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was like, oh, finally. 
Yeah. And then once we found he, it was funny because he was the one that was like, it doesn't have an alarm that tells you when you go low. And I was like, no, but wait. Maybe. And that's when I found the Dexcom and I was like, oh, wait, let's do this. Wow. And so the insurance you- didn't agree with it, but <laughs> did they eventually? Yeah. Um, I convinced them that I was just going to use my phone. Uh, and they were just going to send me the sensors. And then I got in on the Costco cheap receiver. I remember. I don't that. even know why I spent that money, but I have a receiver. That That's over now, though, I think. I don't think the, the I'm not sure. Somebody would have to look. But there was a big push for Dexcom through Costco. And then I sometimes think maybe it's my fault it doesn't exist anymore because I told people about it. And the podcast has such a reach. I think it's possible they sold more Dexcoms at Costco than they were ready for. I don't know. Or people might have been like gaming the system about how to pay for it or something like that. I don't remember exactly what happened. But um, I do know that it was like, this is a thing. And then suddenly it wasn't a thing. And I was yeah. like, I hope that wasn't my fault. Um, you know. So I know that Sam's Club still has a discount, but it's not as much of a discount. Like I think a receiver there is now like to almost $300, like two or $300. Hmm. Okay. But I think if you get it through, like, I want to say the number that I was told when I called Dexcom was like 600 and I was like, okay, a hundred dollars is substantially cheaper. Costco it is. I'll take that. Okay. So now you've got a CGM that actually tells you when you're leaving ranges and things like that. Is this, is this the beginning? Is this where you're like, Ooh, I could make different decisions to stop things from happening. It was, it was kind of one of those moments where like the, the lights, you know, everything lights up around you, the halo comes down and you're just like, oh my God, it all makes sense. <laughs> um, Cause I was able to see all of those things that everyone was talking about. And like, I was able to see that when I ate, you know, a cracker that I could see the spike, I could see what was happening. And I was like, wow, all of those little dots. Like I was absolutely convinced that there was just some people out there in the world that pricked their finger like 50 times a day and made their own charts on paper. (laughs) I was like, that is how that has to happen. So me being able to see it in like a digital representation, I was like, it makes so much more sense. How was I so dumb not to think that this was a thing? I'm glad you said that because there are times when I'm doing the Dexcom ad and I'm like, and I think to myself, people won't believe this if they don't know about it. Like, like just not that, not that it does it, but that it's such a big impact and it is, it's like, it's that ad ad is easy to do because I genuinely believe everything I'm saying. you see that data and you start making better decisions about insulin. You start making better decisions about, you know, carbs. And I don't even mean like better, like not Arby's. I mean, you know, understanding that, uh, I don't know, a, a, a Kaiser roll may say it's got 22 carbs in it, but it might hit you like it's got 35 carbs. So you use 35, you know, as the number for a Kaiser roll, the, doesn't matter what the, what the package says. Like when you start learning things like that, it all just goes, it's magical. It's so easy. I just looked at Arden's last 12 hours and her line is so flat for the last 12 hours that I might be embarrassed to show it to you. Like you, you might be like, Hey, don't show off. You you know what I mean? Like, but it's just, it's fascinating. And how do I, and that was a lot of overnight time. And so how do I figure out that much? How do I figure that out? It's not because I was like, Oh, I know what I'll do. It's her basil is definitely 0.95 an hour overnight. It's not, I didn't just make that guess. It's like, I got to look at this graph and say, okay, 
this is too much, this is too little, look at it over days, then finally come down, I'm like, this is it right here. It's 0.95 overnight. It just absolutely is. And so unless something, a variable comes up that I can't foresee, overnight, Arden is just super stable. And, you know, therefore, during the day, I can make a mistake. She can, you know, not pre-bolus or, you know, get something wrong and see a spike that goes to 150 or 160 and get it right back down again, again with the data. And then, you know, you still end up with a A1C in the fives. It's just, you know, what it is. And that's like, I remember when I first was able to like see the Libre graph, like I was absolutely in heaven. Like I was like, this is it. This is the thing that I have been like, I knew it existed. I just didn't know how to find it. Yeah. Like I couldn't figure out how to get this information. And finally having that was, I mean, it was literally like someone opened the the doors to the, the biggest library in the world. Like I had all of the resources I needed because that one keyword to type into Google will literally open the gates to everything you need for diabetes. And it's so funny. Because I, I actually went back and replicated some of the searches that I'd done because I have search hit- history from then. And I was like, searching those things still shows the same bad results. But if you add the word Dexcom to them, the search history or the search results is like so much more in depth than like what I was looking for. Hmm. It's like, man, one keyword. That's all I needed. Yeah. No kidding. And and everything was just suddenly the doors was thrown open and you're like, oh, look, there's the garden I've been looking for. It's bright and sunny and there are butterflies flying around and I'm eating. Yeah. Ar- now I'm now I'm eating Arby's like a mad genius. And it's, <laughs> it's actually Panera cinnamon crunch bagels. But <laughs> hey, well, no, no, no lie. Those things have about 80 carbs in them. No. And I um, so what I tasked myself because they had the unlimited free coffee thing going for a little bit. So I was going in the morning to get free coffee. And every morning it'd be like, do you want a cinnamon bagel? And I'm like, stop app, you know, my weakness. (laughs) And finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to master this, like, forget it. I'm doing it. And so every day for like a week, I ate a bagel and I finally figured it out. And I'm like the second to last day of eating them. I, I remember showing the graph to my boss and being like, look at this. You don't understand why this is so important, but I am like three shades of happy right now. Like, I am so ecstatic. <laughs> Who's the man? It's yeah. Jumping around. You're like, oh, calm down, Jessica. And it's like, no, you don't understand. I had a bagel. Look at this line. Everyone's like, oh, I, I didn't think it would be her that lost it, but. She's got to work by herself in a different room now. So yeah, especially working at a like customer facing uh, tech support type job. Yeah, there was a little bit of like, okay, and we're going to go back to fixing this person's problem. (laughs) People come in and they're like, can you tell me what's wrong with my uh, my RAM? And you're like, only after you look at my Dexcom graph (laughs) and smell it, you can still smell the cinnamon on my fingers. Come here, get closer. Here, you can't smell. I'll wet them. Hold on. Look at that. Yeah. Smell, smell that cinnamon. <laughs> See that? I'm sorry. I licked my hand. You, you know, like, yeah, you're out of your mind. So excited. I understand. Like, the first time I realized I could I could figure out a bowl of cereal and then I didn't even have to measure it, I was just like, <laughs> I won something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Poor health, I guess, for my daughter because she's eating cereal. But, <laughs> but, but I figured it out. And the truth is, is then I took what I learned d- using you know, on that really difficult to bolus for item. And I use that information on more easy 
you know, things on your system and more he- healthier things. And But the truth is, if you can do a bowl of Apple Jacks, there's a lot of things you know how to bowl is for all of a sudden, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's very cool. So so what, when you Googled it, what did you find? There was – so the, a lot of the stuff was like ads from Dexcom and – um, I'm weird and I do image searches because I'm a visual learner. So I was like, find graphs, find things that I can relate to. And it was actually funny because like the uh, probably fourth or fifth line the, down the page was the juice box podcast, like the little excerpt from the ad that's at the bottom. I have terrific SEOs, Jessica. <laughs> I'm very proud of it. I've been working on it for over a decade. Go ahead. T- keep going. So I, I remember like I was clicking on all the images so that it would take me to the website and, you know, tell me about Dexcom and all that good stuff. And I remember seeing Omnipod and I was like, what this do? (laughs) And I started like just basically searching for tubeless insulin pump. Cause I was like, you know what? Forget it. Like everything I forgot about, or I learned about diabetes is wrong. I'm forgetting it all. And I'm just starting fresh. Mm -hmm. So I immediately started going out and just like, diving into a deep hole of jargon and then i ended up in the catalog for edge park and i was like they sell it (laughs) and i basically emailed my doctor was like hey this thing i'm getting one thanks bye and she sent the prescription in and in a matter of a month i had all everything that i needed lots of insurance phone calls but like it was a whirlwind when i really didn't give up that's excellent. No, seriously, I'm being serious. Like seven years is long enough to give up, and you you really didn't. Like you saw one thing that like reignited you, and you're like, "Ooh, I'm back in the game." Key, I can't believe keyword searches were your were your downfall in diabetes. <laughs> like your Google foo sucked, and therefore you you didn't know how to take care of yourself. That is a sad <laughs> statement, by the way, about the healthcare system. In case you're wondering, and um, why the podcast is so popular. Well, and it was like, I remember them sending me home with a folder that had a bunch of like community outreach programs and they were all defunct. Like every single one of them had closed down. Like I got <laughs> some random lady and she's like, oh, we don't do that anymore. And I was like, oh, <laughs> great. Okay. Hey, hey I, again, if, if I can just bring this back around to me um, and I, I pause here. So all the people are like, oh, this is what he does. Uh, but but <laughs> ser- But seriously, when I say something like, Support the sponsors because when you support the sponsors, the sponsors buy more ads. And when the sponsors buy more ads, Scott gets to keep making the podcast. This is what (laughs) I mean, you know, besides the money part. This is what I mean right there is that if you want the podcast to keep going and if you have an eye on this being a tool for everyone, not just for you, like you can't look at this podcast like a, you have to look at it like a cow, right? And that Mm -hmm. makes milk and you need some milk. But you want there to be milk for other people. You don't take all the milk and then kill the cow and have a steak and laugh about it. You you know what I mean? Like you milk the cow for what you need. You make sure the cow has hay and water so that the next person that comes along can get a little milk as well. Maybe even make butter out of it. Who knows? But the point is, is that you have to. It's important to me to support the podcast and keep it going because you're not the first, nor will you be the last person with your story. And the next person's going to come along. What I don't want for them to do is to Google something and come along and find a defunct podcast. I want them to find a a vibrant uh, tool that that continues to exist and 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 help people. So it, I mean all that stuff when I say it. I just you know 
I wonder if sometimes people take it the wrong way, but but I need you to support the ads, you know. And I'm not saying buy, I'm not saying buy an insulin pump you don't want, but if you're going to get an Omnipod, for the love of God, go through my link, <laughs> like like you know, like that kind of an idea, uh, because it's helpful. And look look how it found you. It's amazing. Well, and it was like I remember listening to I don't I couldn't tell you which episode was first, but I remember listening to it and just sitting there and being like, oh my god, this guy thinks like I do. This is perfect. Really? This will actually work. <laughs> How do I think like you? Because I would need an Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think it was the insulin. I think it was one of the ones about insulin and like how it works in your system. Okay. And the way that you were being like analytical, but not overly analytical. And there is lots of like is and miss and like, that's how I talk. So I was like, this guy, <laughs> he knows it. I, I know what his eh is and I know what his meh is. And like, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm just smart enough to understand it. Not quite smart enough to make it hard to believe or understand. <laughs> I, I can get it out just on my level. So um, I, I really, I, I'll tell you what, I'm even, I'm very happy about that because who I am is a very strange blend of how I grew up, just like everybody else is. But I've said this in the past. I haven't said it in a long time. I'm adopted. And I was adopted by lovely, middle-class, blue-collar, hardworking people lived outside of Philadelphia. And I am probably, this seems bad to say, but my dad's dead and my mom's an older person who doesn't listen to podcasts. I'm probably somewhere in the 40 to 45 IQ points smarter than they are. Okay. So if had I grown up with other people who probably had my um, possibilities, I would probably be not who I am today. But they didn't look at education like that. They, they looked at school as something you did before you went and got a job. And so I'm a crazy blend of, you know, bright, but grounded at the same time. And my intellectual side has never really been um, fed, honestly. Do you know what I mean? Like, or grown. It, it had no real attempt to blossom. So I have the, that's uh, why I think your story is so interesting. Like, there's a ceiling above me. I'm never going to get anywhere near in my lifetime. Because I'm married and I have kids and I have responsibilities and I'm, it's not like I'm going to head back to college and, you know, find out about stuff. So I get to, like, wonder about things, diabetes being one of them, and then I get to build a narrative around what I learn that is incredibly blue collar and incredibly middle class and very easy to understand because I don't know enough big words to make it not understandable. <laughs> Trust me, if I knew more big words, I'd use them. And then everyone would be like, oh, what's he saying? And and that would be it. Instead, I talk like an idiot. And um, it's understandable. So, Well, it's always been amusing to me because my entire life, you know, you, people are like, oh, man, you're so smart. And you're like, eh, I just know how to explain things really well, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is that is <laughs> like, that one of your superpowers? You can explain things well? Yeah, I, apparently. I've been told that more times than I can count. Like, that's basically how I got my current job. I had absolutely no IT skills. And I was like, but my customer service is on point. Mm. Like, you want me to sell a phone to someone, explain them how that phone works? I can do that. Right. In a way that's crystal clear to them, in a way that they'll remember, that'll be valuable to them walking out the door and mm -hmm. all that stuff. I That's how I feel about this. And, and I've gotten enough feedback about it now that I I believe it, you know, is that... I'm just, I don't know, I'm good at talking about diabetes. 
So, you know, and I understand how to do it, but I don't overcomplicate it. And um, I think that there are probably people out there who are talking about it, who are much more specific about it. Um, And I think that at some point along the line, that's what makes their information less usable by more people. And so that's all. There's definitely a personality that has to go with it. Like, I know I've tried reading um, like science journals, for instance, uh, sitting down and trying to read, like even the piece of paper that comes with the insulin, I've sat down and actually read that. And I had, you know, it's one of those deals where it's like reading a textbook, you have to kind of force your way through it. But because there's something gold at the end of the, at the end of the rainbow, you're like, I can make it through. Mm-hmm. And there I've seen other people that explain things in that same language. And you're just like, I have to pick my dictionary up five times. That's five times too many. Like yeah. use words that are commonplace. I, and I think that's what you really accomplish is like making it easy to digest so that I don't have to go pick up a dictionary 15 times to figure out what a word means. <laughs> I really appreciate when there's um, an intersection too of, of thought, like Terry comes to mind. I don't know if you've ever heard Terry lives on a boat or, mm-hmm. or the, or his follow-up episode. I think it's called Terry lives in a house. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm not going to apologize to you people about what the episodes are called. Just, you know. I enjoy it. Thank you. Uh, but, <laughs> but Terry's a great example. He's an older gentleman, engineering background, really bright guy, talks about diabetes in a way that I completely understand, um, but I could never do. Like, I couldn't have, I, I would never think to put the words together that he puts together. But when he's talking, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. I completely understand this. And for some reason, no matter how smart he is, he likes the way I talk about it, too. And that's that's really, um, I find that, uh, it, uh, I don't know what the word is. I am, uh, wow, I just lost a word. Jessica, well, I'm making my own point, aren't I? God damn, give me a second. I'm push the microwave from my face while I think. Uh, I was going to go with humble. <laughs> yeah, humble's no, you can't say humble because people don't believe it when you say it. Uh, True. It, it makes me feel, um, I don't mean proud. I mean, oh my God, I'll edit it in later. I'll, I'll When I'm editing it back, the word will pop into my head. And then right here, you'll hear future <laughs> Scott say it. And then we'll go back into the conversation. But it it, it feels good to me that that Terry vibes with how I talk about diabetes when it is so different than how he talks about it. But it's not, but it's not really that different, I guess. It's just, he's just, he's smarter than I am. Like, I don't know another way to put it. You you know what I mean? Like, um, but he's still clear and he's concise and he's thoughtful and he's not just bullshit. Like he, he, he knows that what he's saying is accurate. And I have that for me through that part of it, it's very important for me. Like I would never say anything on this podcast or anywhere about diabetes that wasn't at the very least tried and true in my daughter's life. You know, like that's just, I, I, I like people who are um, patient with how they disseminate things. And, uh, well, and I think that sincerity, like that was one thing that pulled me in as well was there's a sincerity in the discourse. That's very like, you know, that it's not BS and like, you just have that feeling, you have that trust with it. Um, but I remember listening to the, the Terry's lives on a boat and I don't remember what he was talking about, but I was like, that man is that that's engineer all over. Like you can just tell by the way he talks. Yeah. Um, my father-in-law's 
does engineering and I actually started school in engineering, I'm like, yeah, that's that trademark, that trademark speech of just enough analytics to get you by and a little bit of humor to make sure that everyone's still following. <laughs> it is a very specific way. You know what I'm hoping one day, and if anyone's listening, um, I'm looking for an actuary who has type 1 diabetes because you people are so boring. I want to interview you to see what I can find out. Um, I'm being quite serious and not insulting. I'm looking for an actuary who has type 1 diabetes who wants to come talk about it because I've had more conversations with more actuaries in my entire life. And there is something about how your all brains work that is fascinating. Uh, so uh, there is a certain kind of person who is drawn to that kind of work. Um, please, Scott at juiceboxpodcast.com. Uh, send me an email. Uh, I, I, I would just love it. <laughs> There's a person that I work with. Um, I remember trying to explain to him like the ins and outs of the Omnipod and Dexcom because I had just gotten them and I was still, you know, like super jazzed about it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he looked at me and just holds his hand up and goes, okay, Jessica, I need to go back to work. And I was like, God, I respect that you say that, but man, I really want to continue this conversation. And I hate that you're able to shut it off so easily. Yeah, I just really want to tell you about how great this little tubeless insulin pump is. It's very exciting, guys. Like, I'm not excited by this at all, just yeah. so you know. But anything that he's done with, like, he literally just puts his hand up and says, I really need to go back to whatever it is. And I'm like, I don't know how you have that power. Like, uh -huh. My There's wife just, has it. It's hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I don't get it. And he's such like a, I don't want to say like a plain Jane, but he's very like meticulous and he's very methodical. Mm -hmm. So things that he does are like kind of like the actuary, just very like analytical and they have a purpose and they're not done unless they have a purpose type person. I have a so little bit above it on the podcast. Like if I get bored with people are talking, there's like a alarm that goes off in my head. And it says, it says, this is boring. Change the subject. Like this yep. is boring. Keep moving. Do not like make people listen to this any longer. Um, you know, it's just, I, I, and, and that voice in my head is screaming at me while it's happening. It's like, move on. I'm like, I'm like okay. All right. I, I hear you. And then sometimes I ramble on and on and I don't even hear that. The voice is yelling at me and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it doesn't apply here. Just yeah. Leave it. <laughs> I'm the host. I get to do whatever I want. Stop it. No. Um, now the other times I talk too much, it's obvious, but you know, it's That's, just, what are you gonna do? My good. So my dad always, uh, made a joke. He's like, I swear to God, the owner's manual for you had a diagram where the off button was, but I'm pretty sure that page got ripped out. So <laughs> listen, I don't know about in your life, but in my life, if I can't speak, you know, forever, it's not my, ever listen to a podcast where nobody knows what they want to say next. It's painful. <laughs> I'd rather say something that's a little wordy than just have everybody talking and then, well, what do you think, Jessica? And then you pause for 12 seconds before you answer and I'm just quietly listening. Like, I could never listen to Oh, it's to painful. Yeah, like, I, I even listening to podcasts that have that, I'm sitting there just like, if I hit the skip button, do you think it'll break into the conversation or will it like cut just right <laughs> i i don't i like when people speed up podcasts i think they can't possibly speed mine up like i understand why you might speed up another one but mine i don't imagine you could and if you can god bless you your brain works really quickly um uh, but i don't know i like i like it to keep moving i want it to keep moving yeah. and i want it to make points and i want it to be interesting and entertaining and thoughtful and i want there to be some advice uh, I didn't mean advice, some information that's really valuable <laughs> to you. Um, 
you know, throughout the way. But I don't think an hour's worth of valuable information every week is something people would want. You know, and it ignores people who need community very badly and don't know anybody else who has diabetes. And you know, for me, like your 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 conversation is really interesting because this is you're a person, your story is interesting, and how you how you kind of made your way through it is interesting, but you're also like light and bubbly and and there's a community aspect to this conversation as well. Like people will also listen to this and feel like, oh, Jessica, I know Jessica. She's that really nice. I have a friend just like Jessica. She's cool, you know, and and uh, that makes you feel good about it. So I don't know. I'm down with being friends. <laughs> with who? That's me. No, I'm busy, yeah. Jessica. We can't. No, so, and anyone. I'm one of those people that's uh, like, oh. okay, cool. Coffee. As long as coffee's involved, we're fine. Oh, <laughs> oh then you, yeah. I mean, then go nuts. Go find her. Listen, she's in Missouri. There's like four things. There's no trees. Just yell out loud. And I know nothing about Missouri. Are there trees there? There's more trees than buildings, probably. Oh. It'd be the other way around. There's like four buildings and all trees. She's the only person you're going to find when you get there. Just go to an Arby's, <laughs> wait out front, leave your Omnipod exposed, and she'll jump on you. It'll be easy. <laughs> Will you buy the coffee, Jessica? Oh, you'll you'll drag them to free coffee at Panera. Bro. I was going to say, there's free coffee in the world. Why would I buy it? <laughs> <laughs> Just realized as I was saying it, I was like, Jessica's going to sniff out a free cup of coffee and you're going to be on your way. Are you kidding me? Birthday coffees? Like, on your birthday, if no one knows this, you get free stuff from, like, every single restaurant. So you sign up, like, two months before, and then you spend your entire birthday day just going around to different restaurants and getting free pizza, ice cream, sandwiches, whatever. You can eat for a week <laughs> off of that one day. <laughs> Do you go with a cooler and dry ice? <laughs> no, I usually, I usually try to refrain from getting all of the things but i i am known to go to firehouse and andy's because those are my my cruxes <laughs> and then panera because a free cinnamon roll mm. or a free cinnamon crunch bagel is kind of like giving someone heaven so all right let's let's <laughs> let's do something for a minute missouri that's like two-thirds left and two-thirds up right or no i'm picturing a map in my head i don't really know where it's it's not the it's is it the west mid it's it's west we to are Midwest? so right above arkansas well, that doesn't help and me. then the hell's right below uh iowa and there's like iowa and then illinois and ohio like that stretch oh i think of that like as all one bottom. place i i think of just you know minnesota <laughs> wisconsin iowa like illinois Indiana, that's like the same place to me. So yeah, we're just, below that. <laughs> you're below that. So you're like left of Tennessee? Yes. All right. So before I get to like the top of Texas in there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you think people are horrified that that's how I think of the map? <laughs> See, my brain says I'm in the middle and everyone else is around me, but who's touching again? Because oh. I forget what states are actually touching the Missouri state line. And I'm like, ah, oh, is it Nebraska or Colorado? So is Missouri, is like Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee all about the same place? There's there's actually a lot different. Like I we have family that lives in Tennessee and I got to get a map. There's... Hold on a second. <laughs> It's like we're all the same place, but we are very different people. I don't mean what kind of people you are. I just meant like, like <laughs> generalized geographic location. Hold on a second. Oh, wow. I'm oddly off by a lot of this. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> okay. So where Arkansas is and Oklahoma is, more like yes. Arkansas. Where Arkansas on the top of Mississippi is is where I thought Missouri is. But Missouri is above Arkansas. 
I guess it's Kansas that I don't really think about when I'm factoring all yeah, this. Yeah, that's in. common. Yeah. Oh, oh, Kansas yeah. and Nebraska are just like flat sheets of dirt. I've been to Kansas. I was in Kansas City. They had this like adorable little like they called it a city, but it was like a it was like a town on steroids. And they were like, um they're like, This is the city. And I was like, You guys have never been to a city if you think this is a city. But I was like, it was really nice there. I liked it. Um were you in Kansas City, Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas? Oh hell, are there two different places? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are there wait, there's Kansas City and Kansas and Kansas City and Missouri? So it's one town that's basically on the state line. <laughs> I think I was in the Kansas side. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> Would I have not liked it as much if I was in the Missouri side? Had to be the Kansas side because they took me to barbecue. Oh, no, that happens on both sides. Kansas City barbecue, is a, that's a thing. Okay. Kansas City and St. Louis. So where I'm at, I'm the I-70, the Interstate 70 that runs through Missouri mm -hmm. goes from Kansas City to St. Louis and about midway is Columbia. So like we have the I-70 challenge where it's like Kansas City versus St. Louis on lots of things or Columbia versus Kansas City. So I've, that I, stretch of highway is like the barbecue. I had barbecue everything. in a place that was so scary. I thought I was going to die in it, but the food was amazing. Um, I, I have to tell you, once when I was in Oklahoma, it snowed for a brief second. And that threw me off because I felt like I was in Mexico. <laughs> so I didn't understand how it could snow. Uh <laughs> That's how like poorly I understand the geography of things. <laughs> I was like, aren't we in Mexico? How's it snowing? <laughs> I just got, had a debate because I was like, it snows in Texas. And they're like, no, only once every like 40 years. And I'm like, no, there has to like it snows in California, yeah, which is still mountains. weird to me. They have mountains. They're closer to the, to the clouds, the mountains. Oh, my, I have family out there and they drive like two hours north from San Diego and they're like, we found snow. And I'm like, it's two hours north. Yeah, I don't know. That's still desert. There's no way for me to understand any of this meaningfully. Yeah. As I'm looking at this, I just saw Iowa and I was like, oh, Iowa. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> so that's, that's, I really should look harder. And by the way, it, it, just so people don't think I'm like a, like some sort of a Northeast snob, anything east of like, Pennsylvania, like, you know, all that, like, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maine. For, I don't know about any of that either. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I basically know where I am and where New York is. And then even once I get south, I'm a little confused, to be perfectly honest. Like, the North and South Carolina thing's nice because that's pretty easy to remember. So yeah. I know I know it's, like, Pennsylvania, like, Delaware, Washington, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. But then if you made me bet money that Georgia was next, I don't know that I'd be able to do that exactly. There's probably part of me who thinks that Tennessee is more like where the northern part of Alabama and Georgia is. I don't know anything See, about this. We were taught in geography that Iowa is the guy's head, and then Missouri and Arkansas make up, like, the guy's belly, and then Louisiana is his feet. So that's the only way that I remember that it goes Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana. What guy? <laughs> what are you talking about? So if you look at a map of the United oh, States. Oh, it does look like a guy. Holy <laughs> God. And Minnesota looks like his big, like, colonial hat. Holy yeah. shit, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Has anyone else ever seen this? And then Kentucky looks like a Kentucky fried chicken leg. I got to so, be honest with you. Tennessee looks like his penis. If that's what's going on there. And we don't, we don't say that out loud. We just kind of you know, mockingly laugh at it and move on. 
<laughs> oh, so this is not something you've never thought of before because it's obvious. Once you see, wow, people listening. So Minnesota is the hat, Iowa is the head. Missouri is like the chest belly. Arkansas is like the belly pelvis. Louisiana is the feet. Tennessee is clearly an aroused penis. And, and he looks like, like he's, he's this chicken wing. And he looks like he's leg. sitting on Texas. Holy, I've never seen this before. All right. Everyone who comes on, if you have like a map thing, you have to tell me about it from now on. That's fat. All right. We're ending on that. Thank you, Jessica. That was great. That was absolutely fantastic. Oh, by the way, is there anything about diabetes we didn't talk about that you wanted to? <laughs> I mean, I think we got it all. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I did a great job. I, I looked back at your email uh, while you were talking. I was like, damn, I hit all this. I'm so good at this. And uh, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I want to make sure we didn't skip anything. No, I I had notes as well on like everything that happened. And I was like, okay, I think we got them all. I stopped it, looking at them like 20 minutes ago. So I think we're good. I am really good at this. Did you want to say that out loud or? That you're really good? At, yeah. <laughs> Just in your own, diabetes. No, no, make it in the pocket. Just in your own words. Go ahead. Pretend I didn't say that. Go ahead. I think we're good. I, I got know. everything Shh, that I can. Jessica, start over again. Think. I, I don't think. I, I'm, I'm trying, still laughing. I, I know it's fine that we're good and we got everything else out. I'm talking about how good I am at this. That was what you were supposed. To, uh, one more time. Just go ahead, real quick. I appreciate everything, and I'm really glad that you are doing everything that you're doing, because if you weren't, I'd still be in a deep, dark hole of MDI and not knowing what a glucometer was. Jessica, you. you were just supposed to say you're really good at making this podcast. I can't count on you to disseminate, you know, my... All right, forget it. Although what you just said was very nice. I appreciate that, too. I was just trying to be a nice person, because, you know... A step above. <laughs> I I was just look, look. I was just looking for some baseless, like pandering. You know what I mean? Like I was like Scott, you're so good at making this podcast, and it's just it's amazing. And they should probably give you like a peace prize or something like that. And then instead, you said something very heartfelt, and I was going to say something dumb afterwards, and you ruined it by being nice. So that's just fine. All right, thank you. My parents anyway. taught me to give 110. percent I'm sorry. 110. <laughs> percent Did they really ever tell you that? Oh, that was a big thing. Like that was a, a steady thing in growing up was like, it's always 110, a hundred is not enough. And I'm like, okay, that's not how math works. Are but your whatever. parents alive? Cause I want to ask a question, but I don't want to embarrass anybody. <laughs> no, they're still here. Oh, I right. mean, they're not here, but they're in Springfield. Are they going to hear, th- are they going to hear this? <laughs> they might. It depends no. on if I tell them about I'm it. I'm just wondering <laughs> what their 110% looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I can honestly say that my mom can still to this day run circles around me when it comes to manual labor, as well as my dad, like the amount of gumption that they have to do something because it just needs to be done far outweighs mine. Like I look at something and I'm like, do we have to? And my mom's already halfway done with it. That's cool. I like that. I love I'm a big fan of uh, getting things done that need to get done because they need to get done. And for no other reason that somebody's got to do it and might as well be you. Oh, look, I was going to make fun. Your parents are they probably given 150 percent. You're probably the lazy one in this scenario. I honestly think I am because I'm decently sure that nine times out of 10, if the dishwasher got loaded, I did it wrong so that my mom would load it right and I didn't have to actually do it. I just told my wife the other day, we'll end on this. I just told my wife the other day in all sincerity, I said, hey, should I die before you at my funeral? Spend a good 30 or 45 seconds telling people how good I was at loading and unloading this dishwasher. (laughs) 
She's like, what? I'm like, I spent so much time doing it. I want people to know. I took pride in it. <laughs> I am proud that that stuff goes through the dishwasher once and it's clean because I know where to put it. And I don't let things sit in there. So once stuff's dry, I take it out and I put it away. I'm very good about that. Every morning I, I make sure the sink is, I think the house needs to start a morning with a open sink and clean dishes. You and my husband would have a very clean house. He does the same thing. Does he really? It's important. <laughs> like, what if I need to rinse something off later and there's a pan? I don't want to get involved in that mess. You know what I'm saying? You take the pan, you set it aside for a moment, no, you do your no, thing, no, and then you no, go back. No, you're wrong. That is 100% <laughs> incorrect. That is not how you do it. You sound like a girl. All right. Hold on a second. My wife's like, it's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. She's like, just peel the potatoes. I'm like, there are other dirty things in the sink. I will clean the sink out first, and then the potatoes will go in and get washed. We are not animals. <laughs> I will say before I start cooking, I clean the entire kitchen. So I will stand by that one. You need a nice palate to start over with. Mm-hmm. All right. We've said a lot of important things here tonight and many things that have no importance whatsoever. So um, I think we're done. <laughs> I really appreciate you doing this, having such a great sense of humor. And seriously, writing me that wonderful note, um, I am thrilled that this podcast found you and that it has been so valuable for you. It really is um, wonderful. It makes me happy. And I hope more people find it. I have to be honest. There's sometimes online I see people jump into the Facebook group and they're just like, What's the secret to this podcast? I'm like, mm, you got to listen to it, really. Like, you know, you can't just you can't just ask for the the answer. Like it doesn't work that way. Or the next time you need the answer, you won't know how to get it. And so um it's teach very a man cool. To fish. <clears throat> teach a man to fish, right? Yep. But you can't <laughs> teach him to not eat at Arby's. So <laughs> Although you in fairness said you don't eat at Arby's anymore. No, I switched it up for Panera. Yeah. So you don't have the meats any longer? <laughs> no. I have the uh, the sliced turkey meats. If anything, I get my own turkey and slice it. So. Do you think it's possible that this episode will be called Jessica No Longer Has the Meats? <laughs> I will say that every single one of my friends would look at that and just absolutely know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, it's a strong contender. <laughs> I want to thank Jessica for coming on the show and telling an amazingly entertaining and fun story. I want to thank Dexcom, Omnipod, and Touched by Type 1 for sponsoring Jessica's tale. All you have to do to support the sponsors is click on the links. Touchedbytype1.org, Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox, Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. It's that easy. If you're in the market, use my links. If you're not in the market, don't feel pressure. I mean, do something else. Support a different sponsor. Send me a lovely email and say, Scott, I love the podcast. Tell a friend. Leave a great review. There are so many ways for you to support the show. Uh, but if you gave me a choice, I'd say, like, you know, click on the sponsor links, please. That's really, really helpful. Um, and sharing the show with other people. I guess I'm being specific now. These are the things that would specifically really help me. Share the show with somebody else. Um, let me add, subscribe or follow in a podcast app. And of course, if you're in the mood for some of the gear that we talk about here on the podcast, uh, use my sponsor links. They're in the show notes of your podcast player and they're at juiceboxpodcast.com. It's an extra click for you to get to the thing to help me, but I mean, 
in the grand scheme of things, right? What's a click? Thank you so much for listening and for staying till the end, at the end of my like blah, 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 blah stuff. I really appreciate that you love the show. I love you. I feel like that purple dinosaur right now, which is weird because I've never seen that show once. But as soon as I said, I love you, it made me think like, I love you. You love me. We're something, something, lots of words I don't know. And then there's something and something and something else too. And then I think that's about the end of the song.